This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship God. Merciful God, reach out to us and touch us all. 
On behalf of this church, First Presbyterian Church of Philadelphia, I welcome all of you to this service, whether you are here in the pews or are worshiping online, you are welcome. This sanctuary is open to all God's children. There is no distinction, as Paul says, neither Jew nor Greek male or female, you are all one in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'd like also to welcome, as assisting this worship service, the Reverend Kenneth J. Ross, and as our guest organist, Bernard Kunkel. Our pastor, Baron Mollis, Dr. Mollis, is away this month. He is on vacation and study leave, and we all hope he is rested and having a stimulating time at the same time. Any questions regarding church administration should be referred to Sue Remond in the church office. Any questions or concerns involving pastoral care should be referred to myself, Jerry K. Foote, and I'll be glad to take your lead in following up. My, my email is also in the bulletin. Andrew, our, our organist, and our choir are in Scotland this past week, and then they will travel back to the UK. I understand they have had bus problems. Their bus broke down in Scotland, but they are okay and got to their destination just in plenty of time to go to sleep. The 20s and 30s volunteer with Books Through Bars on Saturday, August 26th at 11.30. Books Through Bars sends free books and educational resources to incarcerated people. So if you are a 20 or 30 or a wannabe, please follow through with that event. And another event on the 26th of August is Habitat for Humanity will be dedicating six homes at their North Philadelphia site. Members of our church are invited to be a part of the celebration, along with families, Habitat staff, supporters, and community members. Our support from this church has always helped 
to make the dream of having a home come true. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, on Saturday the 26th. I believe that's all of our announcements. and a word of faith that we can proclaim. We confess our sins before you. We have not always loved you with our hearts, souls, and our minds, nor have we always loved our neighbor as ourselves. Forgive our arrogance, pride, and selfishness that keep us separated from you as you call us to step out of our safe places and to come to you doing your will. We are fearful and terrified of the winds of the world all around us. Forgive our doubts. Grant us the faith we need to confess. Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, 
up and down a mountain in Red River. Now, I was living in Philadelphia at the time, undergoing therapy for my mental health, and my physical health wasn't so good either. So the idea of climbing that mountain was daunting. Before the climb began, I prayed, Lord, get me up and down that mountain. On the climb up, I was out of breath and struggling to put one foot in front of the other. I ate while proceeding with great effort up that mountain. My prayer now continued to be, Lord, get me off this mountain. Finally,
finally we reached the top of the mountain and being so depleted and exhausted, I wondered how I would ever make it down. Yet, I did believe that somehow the Lord would see to it that I would get down alive and maybe well. Soon after starting the climb down, I noticed some open space in the trees just to my right, and later found out they were ski trails. So I went to my right, plopped down, and slid down that mountain on my bottom. My jeans were torn and ruined, and I was scratched and bruised, but I came to the foot of that mountain with all four limbs still attached. My prayer then was one of heartfelt gratitude. Remembering that incident and our Bible stories for today, I ask, what does faith look like when struggling up and down a mountain? When down in a pit with no food or water? Or in a boat on a windswept lake, terrified for one's life? How do we have faith we need in such times of immense struggle and fear. Let me summarize our Genesis passage for today. Joseph was loved by his father Jacob more than any of his siblings. Jacob even had a long robe with long flowing sleeves that was especially beautiful sometimes called the coat of many colors. His jealous brothers hated him and could not say a peaceable word to him. Joseph sought out his brothers in Dothan, where they were tending their flock of sheep. Upon seeing them, him, the brothers decided to kill him, but instead threw him in that pit with no water in it. Later, Brother Judah suggested they sell Joseph to some Ishmaelites passing by on their way to Egypt. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Later, Judas would betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. They then took Joseph to Egypt. Now there is no mention of God in this story of Joseph's betrayal. But later on in chapter 45 of Genesis, 
Joseph says to his brothers who went home and then returned to Egypt, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. This is what faith looks like for Joseph, seeing God's hand and will where evil was intended. Our Matthew passage really begins with Jesus fleeing the crowds who had gathered for a feeding from five loaves and two fish. He went up a mountain by himself to pray. Perhaps this is how a work of faith must always begin with prayer. From the mountain, he saw a boat carrying the disciples to the other side, being battered by the winds. Jesus then came down the mountain and walked out on the water toward the boat. The disciples saw him and were terrified, believing him to be a ghost. Jesus said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. In Exodus 3, the Lord tells Moses God's divine name. I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. The use of derivatives of the verb to be is a reassurance by the Lord that the divine name himself is with them, will comfort them, and give them the command they need to obey in carrying out Jesus' will. Peter faithfully responded upon the divine use of the divine name. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus commands, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. Jesus called, and Peter obeyed. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says about faith, Faith is only real where there is obedience never without it. And faith only becomes faith in the act of obedience. The road to faith 
passes through obedience to the call of Jesus. Well, the wind came up, and Peter became frightened and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately, you notice how many times that word appears in the passage? It's one of Matthew's favorite words. Immediately caught Peter's hand while exclaiming, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus and Peter then got into the boat and the winds ceased. In faith, all those in the boat confessed, truly, you are the son, the son of God. All had come to faith. Now this is the story of the faithful follower not the skeptic habitually who habitually doubts, but the follower, such as you or I, who become so overwhelmed by circumstances surrounding us and who begins to lose our nerve when we discover the odds stacked against us. In faith, we discover then that we can reach out and find Jesus' steadying, delivering hand, grasping our hand already. In, G in Genesis, Joseph obeyed God's leading him by being led, even forcefully, out of the pit of despair and going with his captors all the way to Egypt. In Egypt, Joseph rode through the ranks of power to save his brother and brothers and father Jacob from a deadly famine. Again, Joseph's faith was in seeing God's faithfulness in guiding him through evil while meaning it for good. How has faith served you, my friends, when the struggles of life would overwhelm you, such as when losing a spouse or a child or a loved one, and you find yourself immersed, maybe even stuck in grief? Or when losing a job and struggling with pride and maybe shame while trying just to put food on the table. Or when suffering a long and devastating illness and you don't know if you can take another step. 
perhaps we can learn from our stories today. First of all, pray. Get off by yourself and pour out your fears and concerns to Jesus. Ask for guidance from God, maybe in the words of a command. Ask God what God's command is for you. It may be the one simple word Jesus commanded to Peter. Come. Then get up and go. Out of the pit of despair or the boat of safety and even perhaps ignorance and walk ahead sometimes doubting and sinking from the storm of life, yet keeping our eyes focused ahead upon Jesus. Remember, whatever Jesus commands, Jesus makes possible. So we obey. Jesus takes us by the hand while easing our fears and anxieties and saves us from the overwhelming storms of life. He then compassionately gets back in the boat with us, promising never to leave or forsake us. In faith, we then know and proclaim him to be the Son of God. I would like to close with a prayer by another faithful follower, Thomas Akempis, a 14th and early 15th century ecclesiastic and writer. This is from his book entitled, The Imitation of Christ. My Lord Jesus, I beseech you, do not be far from me, but come quickly and help me, for vain thoughts have risen in my heart and worldly fears have troubled me sorely. How shall I break them down? How shall I go unhurt without your help? I shall go before you, says our Lord. I shall drive away the pride of your heart. Then I shall set open to you the gates of spiritual knowledge and show you the privacy of my secrets. O Lord, do as you say, and then all wicked imaginings shall flee away from me. Truly, this is my hope and my only comfort, 
to fly to you in every trouble, to trust steadfastly in you, to call inwardly upon you, and to abide patiently your coming and your heavenly consolations, which I trust will quickly come to me. Amen and amen.
joined our voices together in song, let us now also join our voices in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Christians, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Paul reminds us, give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You may bring your offerings forward during the offertory, place it in the plates. You may also online contribute and you have opportunities during the course of the week to make donations. Let us all give.
Blessed are you, God of all creation. Through your goodness we have these gifts to share. Accept and use our offerings for your glory, for the service of your kingdom. Amen. These are the words of the psalmist. Come, let us climb up onto the mountain of the Lord, for the house of the God of Jacob, that the Lord may teach us God's ways, and we may walk in God's paths. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we praise you and thank you that you have invited us always to come to you and to pray to you as the one who listens and wills to help. We confess that the storms and the noise of our lives have prevented us from hearing your word to us. We have not always found the grace to keep silent with all of our demands upon others and upon you in order to listen to what you have to say to us. We confess that in the busy busyness of our lives, we have not always found the strength and patience to simply wait for what only time can bring us from you. We confess that in the limitations and fears of our lives, we have found it hard to trust in your strength and your promise. So we go through this hothouse season, asking once more for your forgiveness and for your grace and for your renewing strength. We pray for your forgiveness for ourselves and for all who have harmed us, or hurt us, or left us, or ignored us. We all hurt so very easily. God, grant us peace and teach us how to forgive. Teach us how to turn the other cheek. Teach us how to pray for those who persecute us. We pray for your grace. We try once more to reach out from the small places where we have hidden ourselves. In our pride, in our fear, in our prejudice, in our politics, in our ignorance, we all run away so easily. God, give us courage to stand and teach us how to love and listen and care. We pray for your strength as we face the aches and pains and trials and losses of another day, of another season, or another hot summer in our lives. We all fall into worry. 
and the anxiety, and the self-pity so easily. God, give us strength and teach us how to live. We pray, as always, for the sick among us and for the world. We pray for the homeless and the hungry in this season where they are so vulnerable to the temperature, to the cruelties of the streets, the short, violent lives that so many live. We pray indeed for a war-torn world which will not acknowledge the Prince of Peace. We pray for those who defend the homeland, for those who labor to bring peace, for those who through diplomacy and injunction work to stop the violence. We pray for your church which makes its witness to peace and to you, the great peacemaker, through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and through our deeds of love and justice, as small as they are. We pray for all these things and for so many more that your spirit alone hears in the silence of our hearts, in our groanings, in our inarticulate sighs. Gather all our concerns and our intercessions and our praise and bless them and hallow them and carry them to your heart for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ who dwells there and who taught us how to pray when he said, Our, our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
these doors after service, you will find Buttonwood Hall and a lovely spread by our deacons of a reception and food for fellowship. Please go back to the fellowship hall afterwards. <laughs> and now, get up out of your hole, out of the pit. Or if you're in a boat, get up and get out. Follow Jesus' call to where he wants to lead you. Don't be afraid. He is with you. Take that next step. You will be blessed, and so will the world. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you God's peace. Go in peace to love and serve the world. Amen. Amen.